0: Hello and welcome to Perspective. This is a show by founders of small indie creative agencies giving our perspective on starting and running our own companies. The aim is to provide some useful advice and inspiration to others as well as learn from each other and others who may get to come talk on the show. This is our seventh episode. My name is John Dark. I'm a director at Every Interaction and with me I have Dan Gent from Lighthouse London. Hello Dan.
1: Hey John, how's it going?
0: I'm very well. How are you?
1: Not bad. Have you finished your site yet? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no we've been a bit busy we haven't started yeah.
1: give, give up <laughs>
0: yeah not good enough uh i'll report back when we've got something significant to say it might, it might be a while
1: all right i'll, I'll keep i'll keep following up <laughs> yeah
0: please please do keep keep the pressure on we need it
1: keep pressing refresh
0: so this week uh, we have touched on this a couple of times, but we thought we might talk about time tracking and how and why we both do it, how how we think it benefits our business, I guess. So I believe we we both track time, right? You do it as well.
1: Oh yeah, we're we're tracking the time. Yeah. And
0: how long have you been doing that for?
1: I think. Well, we use uh, FreeAgent. Our accounting software has a time tracker in it. Okay. When did we start doing that? I think probably when we started using the software, which would have been very very early days, um I think maybe after a couple of years, I think we just had a conversation about how long did a website take to build? It's quite a useful piece of information <laughs> and um yeah, so i think I think we then just said okay let's let's start let's start tracking time. How about yourself? I think we've
0: pretty much been doing it since the beginning, to be honest. Uh, Well, before every interaction existed, when it was my own independent company, I was tracking my time in that. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, pretty much since day one. I think because since day one, I'd been using freelancers to help us with the production side of things. And a lot of the work we were doing for clients was time and materials. We needed a way to be able to track that tally up everything at the end of each month and um, slap it into an invoice basically to send to the client to bill them for the time that we'd used and i think that began for the first couple of months with spreadsheets and that quickly became tiresome
1: wow what is looking looking at your watch and putting it into a spreadsheet
0: yeah well at the end of the day you know the usual end of the day what have i done today having an excel spreadsheet google docs did not exist at the time Got you. Getting everybody to tally up or just turning around to the person sitting next to you <laughs> and asking what they did all day. <laughs> so you can put it in the timesheet. Uh, yeah. And that gets tiresome very quickly. So yeah, we looked around for an alternative to speed things up, which became, for us, it was uh, Harvest Harvest App. Yes. Been using them for, well, more or less since they were around, I think, since the very early days, probably about seven or eight years now in total.
1: Right. I. I just had a complete flashback to the fact that before Free Agent we did use a thing called Slim Timer. Okay. Which was something I I something I used to use back when uh, back in the agency when we worked there that was around then. Um and we did bring that forward and I got Tom on it but we weren't very diligent. This this idea of turning around and saying, you know, what did you do today? And sticking that on the, um, the spreadsheet, that's, that's way more disciplined. I think that, that's, your, that's your freelancer uh, training right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think when we had the freelancers in, we were quite strict about it and definitely made the freelancers capture their time. Mm-hmm. But when it was just myself and Neil, we only really bothered to do it on the projects that were time and materials based so that we could track it. And everything else just was in the gaps in between anything that may have been on a fixed price contract or a different kind of arrangement, then I guess for a long while, we didn't bother tracking it as closely. But to us, this largely changed once we started having people around permanently, which Mm -hmm. was before our first full-time member of staff, we had essentially freelancers who stayed with us for years. And I think it started to become important to understand what they did day to day and where the time is being spent.
1: It's such an obvious thing to need to know. I can't believe I ever didn't need to know it. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: if if it's just you and your time, it, it it you know it's a hard justification to make. I guess you can still justify it, but it, you think, oh, I know what I did, and you can just write it down or do something with it. But once once you need to start accounting for somebody else's time, I think you need to bite the bullet and fork out for a tool to help you do it.
1: So up until that point. Was it all just about the deadline? It must have been. It must have just been about, this is when this needs to be delivered. I'm guessing I should be working on it because it's, it seems like it's going to take until then, you know? Yeah. As in, like, now I'd maybe scope something out and be like, well, I probably need this many hours because I've got a time from a similar project. But then it must just have been, like, finger in the air, <laughs> get co- get coding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it was instilled in me from the agency days back at back at 26, we were uh, yeah. constantly being drilled by, I think it was mostly the head of project management or mm. um, I can't remember the name of the, the role of the person who was really responsible for it, but they did all the reporting and um, they would get each project manager to make sure that everyone working on their projects in turn filled out their timesheets every day. And there were often daily emails around to the project team just to check. And at the end of the week, they would look back and see if there were any gaps missing and hound people to fill it in.
1: There was some terrible piece of software, wasn't there, that you had to put it in?
0: Oh, it was awful. It was something on SharePoint, wasn't it?
1: I can't remember. I do remember tracking the time it took me to fill it in, though.
0: Yes, yeah. You had (laughs) timesheets as a code in the timesheet system because it was so appalling to use that it took so much time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so bad. That's why I started using I started using that slim timer back then, so that at the end of the week I could just look across that and see what I'd what I'd done. But obviously, that's because all of that stuff was pretty much billable. Yeah, that was why those time sheets were being done. And I think you're right when you when you start doing fixed price projects, you almost think, well, it doesn't matter. It's about a a deadline and getting the project finished. Little do you think that that data could actually be useful to you.
0: Well, this is exactly it. How do you know if you're delivering that project on time?
1: I think I've touched upon in in previous shows that you don't, and ignorance is bliss <laughs> because you're not because you're not delivering it on time. <laughs> you're working way too hard for not enough money, yeah. and uh, and sometimes it's best not to be told that for morale. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I think we're we're guilty of overspending on on quite a lot of projects to make sure we get the details right and finish mm. off things to a standard that we're happy with. I mean, that's that's what contingency's there for, I think. In that when we're planning anything, there's always some contingency in the in the costings that we're providing. If there's a fixed cost, there has to be otherwise exactly that happens. You're going to overrun and suddenly it's an unprofitable project.
1: Don't you always use up the contingency though? It's quite abstract contingency, isn't it? It's like, I mean, this is coming from someone that doesn't really have any.
0: <laughs> you do use it quite often and occasionally you might blow through it as
1: well. And Those are the really good ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess it comes down to how you define profit, really. Sure. We've kind of got contingency baked into the rate itself, I guess.
1: Yes, we definitely have that.
0: The rate that we bill is not the burn rate for the business in terms of all expenditure you know office rent tax salaries leasing software everything else internet telephony all that stuff added up doesn't equal the rates no that we charge and so we don't put time on something and then try to deliver it in 75% of that time i guess there's a 20% contingency perhaps in the rate itself
1: yeah no i think that's that's where our contingency is really like you say is that if you start going over, you're basically looking at a lower rate, but it's not a problem for a while. But it is it's it's a cultural thing for us, I think. Um, and maybe we're talking about something a little bit different to tracking time now, but you know, it's we've always prioritised the the work being good and the relationship being good. And I think as we've grown and gone along, it's the last thing that's been tackled is how do we keep to these estimates or you know how do we make how do we improve these estimates keep to them and essentially start prioritizing that because you suddenly start to realize the damage getting that wrong does you know in terms of work you could then be doing plus lost money on the project um, and I think yeah time tracking is obviously a massive part of doing that knowing where you're at how long things are taken you so I mean, it's pretty obvious how you track your time when you're when you're working on project stuff. I mean, do you track your outside of project time? What do you mean by outside of project time? This now, are you tracking this now?
0: <laughs> no, this isn't. This isn't on a company clock.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, really? This, this is purely for fun. Yes. Yes. Um, but I mean, do you track um, time you spend uh, in new business or time you spend? doing
0: marketing yes we try to and that's 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 part of where we've gotten to now i think in that attempting to account for what what does everyone do with their eight hours a day where does it go and we've got a load of time time codes in the system projects that we created to account for all the other things you know such as working on our own website that we eventually hope to be able to do properly and marketing and new business so if I if I spend an hour on your business or writing a few hours a day writing a proposal or in several days writing a proposal I should be tracking that and I should be putting that in the timesheets. so we've got a view over time how much effort we're putting into that and how much time of mine we can afford to be or anybody's how much time of anybody's we can afford to be booking on billable work basically versus the other responsibilities that they seem to have according to their timesheets
1: absolutely and i think that's again a key piece of information for when you're looking to hire outside of design and development you know recently we've just hired a marketing new business person Mm -hmm. they you know they're going to be doing some of that work and so it's important to know well how long does that work take tom and i sat down looked over our kind of times on things that weren't project work and realized that you know we actually can't give this person everything because it's it's more than it's more than a person's work you know so Mm -hmm. yeah which obviously means as well that it's time to hire them right you know that's that's when you've got that much stuff for them to do absolutely that's tracking you know tracking time can definitely help with that i've always found with tracking time it's like that puzzle where you turn nine squares and you cut them several times and then you rearrange it and there's like an extra square or there's one square less do you know the puzzle i mean no google it (laughs) but basically like something appears or gets lost it's like when i'm tracking time do do you ever finish the day and go oh look seven and a half hours of track time or eight hours, or however long you drive your people to work. Yeah, yeah. Do you?
0: Sometimes it's nine hours, and you've only been there for eight, and you're like, "Well, what did I do wrong there?"
1: <laughs> I left the clock running.
0: I do things. Do things to the minute. You know, when when doing client work, we have minimum billable periods, so you know, it, yeah. you can't do anything that takes less than an hour on a single project, basically. Yeah. So those sort of rounding errors account for some of the extra hours perhaps spent or extra minutes spent here and there. But yeah, I mean we don't look at it and go, Oi, you over there, you you only put seven and a half hours in today. Where'd the other half an hour go? Yeah. It's not like that. It's just make just making sure people are, are you know, putting in as much as they can realistically track. You can't track everything. No. Something might happen that you can't account for.
1: Facebook or interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely i mean do you have a do you have a view in your business as to how billable your employees need to be
1: no we haven't got there yet although conversations are being had about it Mm. it's quite an issue that that i've mulled over a lot actually because i've always been very into the culture of lighthouse being you come deliver great stuff and then you go home and no one's really watching you. Mm. You know, no one's really watching when you come, when you go home. It's a nice idea. Yeah. And but it is kind of how it's been. Now we're growing a bit. I think we're seeing the the holes that leaves, you know, and the the strain that puts on being able to know when we can take on the next project. So not things about actual people. And that's why I'm sort of loath to change it, because it feels like changing it is saying I'm now going to start watching you. I'm now going to start asking questions about how many billable hours can you do in a week and set a target. I mean, I don't, again, it just to me, it seems that to make that move says you're now being watched a bit. And maybe I'm being stupid. I mean, I expect back in the agency days, I didn't feel watched. I, think I, I remember putting in whatever times and I knew how long I'd been working and I knew that if I wasn't that billable, it probably was not entirely my problem I'd probably been dragged off to do something stupid on, a, on another project or something you know so maybe I'm just being too self-conscious not self-conscious company conscious culture conscious <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are holes showing in terms of being able to set how much work Lighthouse should be able to achieve and have that measurable to be like to have some visibility over it you know to know when we might be able to take something else on as I said So yeah, it's a bit of a sore point, really. So yeah, thanks for bringing it up in this podcast. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but do do you do you do you understand what I'm saying? Like
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, we we don't have a view either. I mean, we right. I think it's something. It's an inevitability of scale. I think it's going to come eventually. And when when you get to a certain size, I think you need to know how much money the business needs to be bringing in to keep everybody employed. Because the larger you get, the bigger the risk the more money needs to be coming in the door to support everyone's salaries and the larger you know, overheads that, that larger business has. And so in order to hit that, you need a minimum amount of work being done, which means a minimum amount of billable work per head, I guess. But uh, we don't really have a view on it. I mean, uh, people we employ are much more billable than us because we're doing a lot of new business stuff. Mm-hmm. If I were to guess, I would say I'm, I'm like, 50 percent or less on billable time just because of all the other responsibilities we have that aren't billable right uh and I, I couldn't hazard a guess as to what our employees bill of you know billable time is probably quite high yeah it isn't a major concern of ours at the moment because you know enough money's coming in people are getting paid enough work's coming in uh, but i can see it becoming something we're going to have to pay closer attention to in the future
1: Absolutely.
0: And one thing we don't do enough of at the moment, which I'd like to do more with all this data we're gathering, is, is a bit more post-mortem on projects. Looking back at a project, especially a larger one, that would have been on a fixed cost, for example, where we would have had to have scoped out the project in detail in advance to try and estimate how much money is going to be required uh, and where we would have assigned that because we always do a sort of project plan based on that to come to that figure, quite a detailed one. And it would be interesting to you know, really deep dive on the timesheet data and analyze everything that's there, break it down in a way so that we can compare it against that original plan and see how accurate it was, just overall numbers in terms of whether you did it on budget or not. It's a profitable project or not, break even or even loss making, but it would be interesting to break it down a bit more and see exactly where all the time is being spent and then take learnings from that to apply to the next project that you need to scope out. Yeah. And we don't do enough of that right now. I mean, in fact, we do pretty much next to none of it because as soon as you finish one thing, you're straight on to the next and you never leave time to do these uh, sort of <laughs> retrospective exercises on things. Uh, but I would definitely like to do more of it. And that's that's something on my radar.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you'd have to time the time you took to do that retrospective, right? I mean, that's my other thing about having people on billable targets is... I'm also asking them to be creative and do little things to improve the business and, you know, take responsibility. And I think the moment I say, well, you can do all of that, but can you do it in the 20 minutes I've allowed? (laughs) You see what I mean? Like, it's it's hard. You do, I feel like you do strip people of the urge they're going to have to do that kind of stuff. Unless, I suppose, you, you bake that in as well, you know, and that's just you as an agency and your rate has that baked in. That's why you know if that's one of the reasons why you're great because of those little bits of innovation you let people do in how they do things, let people try stuff out, then maybe that that has got to be baked into your into your rate as well, I suppose as you scale, you need to know how much of that people are doing and what effect it has
0: yeah, I think with us that that probably already is baked into that rate that the, yeah. the getting the details right, the honing the details, the amount of iteration time we think is necessary to usually do. A good job on the type of project that's coming in but that's so far that's mostly come from just experience and having done it for a long time and yeah not necessarily you know born of statistics i guess no sure it's not as quantifiable and i would like it to be more so
1: uh, okay yeah that's your point on the debrief uh we yeah we do run them we've got a few piled up at the moment for exactly the same reason you were saying that you're just straight on to the next thing but yeah, we we've got like a dashboard we made out of our timesheets. So free agent, free agent has an API, one of our little internal projects, which again is timed. This thing is timing itself. Um, is that it goes and looks at those timesheets and brings them out and creates like some some nice vi- visualization of how much time is left in the project, how much time you've gone over, who did what. It's pretty nice um, and it kind of, it probably doesn't get looked at as much as it should. Um, I was going to ask,
0: do you, do you really use it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it depends how the project's going, right, and how you're feeling. Okay. Yeah, I mean,
0: we, <laughs> we get all that out of the box with Harvest, it does all that for you. So you, you know you, you set up the project and if it has a fixed budget, you put that value in, it tracks time against it. You see a nice little graph over time and how soon it is until you're going to hit it. they've even got another tool for um, forecasting that allows you to plan your team's time and then against projects and see if the plan you've got in place is going to burst the banks as well. Yeah. And you can set up all sorts of alerts. So you can put alerts on it to say like, tell me when it gets to 75% or tell me when it gets to 90%. Yeah. And just keep you aware of what's going on, which is all pretty useful. We usually set those things up, especially when there's a fixed time, a fixed budget on a project that we need to be working to okay and quite often we do we we do projects where if the budget's limited we'll often sort of do a time and materials basis style way of working um, more a little more agile i guess in that there's a fixed budget to work to but the scope is variable mm-hmm. and we're trying to achieve as much as we can and you know we've we've got a deadline and a budget that's going to get us there but how much we're going to achieve in that time is really going to be variable based on you know what, what priorities are set as we go because there's not enough of a definition in the brief to, to come to sort of a fixed scope, fixed cost agreement. Right, great. Uh, and in those scenarios, say that point in the future is a month ahead and we've got X amount of money to get there, then we need to do quite a bit of reporting and give our client visibility on how much is being spent probably on a, every week we we'll say, right, tally up, this is how much is spent so far, this is how much is left, make all that completely visible to them and then we can all make decisions about what's in the backlog left to do to prioritise the things that need to get done first in that time frame. That happens quite a bit and those those types of reporting tools are really, really useful for that. So you just go in and you get an instant snapshot of where you're at in the project.
1: Got you. Yeah, I mean, I've, we did do billing on time in a short period at one point kind of found it quite hard culturally i suppose like our our kind of rhythm of talking to clients and what we talked to them about was was all fixed cost. so you you didn't really talk about the amount of time spent um until it was looking like becoming a problem and then sometimes you didn't talk about it then but you you basically if you're going to go to that that different model where you're kind of showing what you've done in terms of time build i've always found I've found it hard to switch into that you know and almost found a, a slight like resistance within myself to to talk about it you know oh we've spent this much and you know sorry <laughs> you know what i mean it's kind of it,
0: um, well you have got you got a plan before that you've got to that, that number and that, that value by doing some sort of scoping work i guess yeah so, you know you say we, we can achieve something in this time but we're pretty sure we can't achieve everything so there's going to be there's going to be things left on the cutting room floor yeah but it depends on what the um the goals of the project are and what's happening next so example we met a client today there you've just got to uh get like a proof of concept together essentially to take around two a potential set of their clients to get enough buy-in from a critical mass of people in this market Mm -hmm. so that they can then take that guarantee buy-in back to investors and raise a round of funding to fund the product and so there's no fixed definition around what that needs to be it just needs to be convincing these people they need to meet that this is a good idea, and they need to be on board with it, sure, and then it's done its job, so it's not a it's not a complete product it doesn't need to have every bell and whistle polished, it just needs to do the job of convincing a handful of people that it's a good idea. so in those scenarios it's it's well we can work to a fixed budget, and what we achieve in that budget as long as we achieve enough to convey that, then we've succeeded yeah, and we think we can do that in about at least give us this amount of money and we can definitely get there. Then it's just a case of deciding what those priorities are to make sure that it, it does its job.
1: And kind of take away the friction that comes with exactly what's going to be in and exactly what's going to be out. Yeah. Because yeah, that takes energy as that takes energy as well. That takes a there's a management energy in keeping track of all that. Whereas as you say, if you've literally just got priorities and and a big goal to aim at you can relax a bit on that side of things and use that time time to, to pump into actually putting features into it. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've rarely worked like that, but you know, I can completely see, see why you would.
0: I think the other area where it comes, it's really useful for us to look back at the statistics and do this type of thing is with the other end of the scale, the much, much larger clients. The finance department will come to this team and ask them how much money they need for the next year and they've got to set this money aside in advance to make sure they've got enough to pay everyone to do the things that they've got on their plan, and in those scenarios, you've got to have quite a bit of guesswork to come to a value so that they can sign off the money in a purchase order. yeah, so you've got to got to do it right. and we have some clients with whom we have this kind of relationship, and you know it's an ongoing relationship. Year after year, we're continuing to help work on their products. And we get to those values based on the work we've done last year. So we'll, we'll look at the analytics of the project as a whole over the last 12 months and get an understanding of the time we spent to achieve the sort of burn rate. And then we'll look at the plan ahead and compare that to what was achieved in the year before. And if it's of a similar sort of, uh, level of ambition, we can assume the burn rates probably relatively similar and therefore the budget, so we can assign a similar level of budget to that project again and then all that stuff again goes into harvest so you can set all that and work against the retainer value that the timesheets that you're submitting are constantly eating away at until it gets to a really low level and you can set up alerts again so yeah we, we find it useful for those types of things as well
1: no okay that makes sense
0: and off the back of all that i mean the same system does all our invoicing as well and then ties into zero, which we've just started trying to use, and pushes all the uh, all the sales through into that, and that in turn connects to our bank accounts and expenses. And oh right, uh, we're still in the process of getting that set up properly, but hopefully that'll give us a much bigger picture of everything that's going on money wise in the business, and we can be a bit more a bit more accountable.
1: Yeah. What did you use before zero? Nothing. <laughs> Whoa, that's impressive
0: accountants <laughs> <laughs>
1: right got you, yeah yeah or
0: just just keep an eye on the bank balance and make sure it's there's a healthy number in there
1: oh you're gonna love it then it's great <laughs> that's what sort of we use free free agent basically does the same yeah it's the same gig it's yeah, you know, it's invoicing all tied to bank bank accounts and
0: that kind oh of so you've been doing that for a while
1: yeah completely i mean i quite i really like that it's one of the things i actually like about running a business is the fact that you can sort of push different factors around like time you know what you're going to build for that time oh here's how many people you've got you know it feels a bit like when I used to play football manager back in the late 90s you're a natural born accountant Dan well it just <laughs> it feels like a strategy game <laughs> except a strategy game which my uh my livelihood relies on so you know try not to lose <laughs> yeah more of a
0: numbers man I, I I've always hated that stuff like I I can't stand the finances side of the business it it drives me insane i just right. i just can't get a handle on it and i've always just purposely pushed all that away off on off onto the accountants that we use but, but now we're going through this business mentorship stuff he's been forcing us to be a bit more accountable for it mm-hmm. yeah like the last time he was like well where's your profit and loss statement I'm Like, oh what <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, don't worry about
0: that We just hadn't done any of that <laughs> stuff so uh yeah, okay. yeah, We're just getting into that now.
1: Well, that sounds like another episode. Yeah. But yeah, as we're growing and and maturing, this this is the next big challenge for us. And we're actually eyeing up going and getting... Because uh, you do all the project management, don't you? You and Neil do the project management. Yeah. Tom and I do all ours, but I don't think it's where our heads are at. And when I look at the money we could have made on projects if they hadn't run over or the the extra money we could make from servicing a existing client like going you know having someone going to them and saying why don't you try this what about that you know and Mm -hmm. you suddenly start to realize that that kind of role could pay for itself essentially so i think we're on the cusp of going for someone to actually keep track of time a human timer
0: (laughs) wow Okay,
1: uh, which is what I assume project managers are.
0: Well, the the timesheet shall reveal all, and uh when that person submits their timesheets and you submit yours, you can see uh, how much more profitable and billable you're being.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's the it's a, it's a big challenge because, as I say, it's it's moving the business from culturally where it was, which was do a good job, make sure everyone's happy, and I think that was the right. You know, I think that was right. It grew us through quality of work, and there's no really better way to grow i don't think you know especially for a business like like mine and yours which is founded by founded by the doers it's like you're right as it grows the damage not knowing what's going on time-wise can cause becomes greater and greater and so yeah it's time it's time to kind of get that clocking in and clocking out going, you know how long have you been on lunch for <laughs>
0: i get a punch card
1: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let me know when you're back on lunch because I know when you went on lunch. <laughs> uh, maybe it's time, yeah, just to cut cut all friendly ties with the staff and uh, <laughs> just become just become that that boss. You're just a
0: number yeah. in my timesheet system. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The moment I can replace you with a robot that can do this in less time, I will. But yeah, no, that's that that's the that's the internal struggle I'm I'm going through at the moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to me, it's a necessary evil. I mean, no one enjoys doing it. Yeah. it's it's a pain in the ass. And but without it, I don't think we could run our business without it the way we do. No. it's we 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 need it to account for the time that we're doing. There are many projects that run entirely on time and materials, and without it, we wouldn't we can't keep track of it across a team of five people. It's just not possible no. to understand what everyone's doing every minute of the day you've got to track it and the more we're tracking the more I'm starting to get into the stats and I'm I'm starting to you know learn more about our business and how we can make it better as a result that's got to be worth doing
1: yeah completely it, it does it does reveal what's going on warts and all doesn't it I think I've mentioned it before it's it's a bad moment when you first look at kind of the difference between your estimates and how long things are actually taking you it's a, a bit of a wake-up call and you sort of <laughs> think oh my god or well, how am I going? And And the answer is you know, I think definitely you do the do those sums, work out what you want to charge per hour, work out how many people you've got, and you can at the end of the day come to how much money you're going you're going to need. as you said, yeah, you know, you you've got to know how much money you've got to bring in, and if you can't work that out, then yeah, you you may well find it's under the amount of money you need to actually exist mm-hmm. There's so, That's actually quite a healthy moment that you then turn around and raise your rate you know, and, and find out that that's, you were charging too little in the first place normally.
0: Yeah. In fact, a little, little knowledge out there for anyone who is, you know, maybe still on their own and, uh, you know, sort of freelancing for clients independently. Thinking back, I think one of the, the turning points for me when uh, I did decide that using a time tracking system that did my invoicing was the right decision to make, was when I realized how much time I was actually spending doing it a different way. I was putting my timesheets into a spreadsheet and trying to tally up the stuff across an individual project from several days worth of spreadsheets, then manually laying all that out in an invoice in InDesign and exporting it to PDF <laughs> and sending it to the client and trying to track when they paid that. And... <laughs> I think, I think after a few months, I just, I added up the amount of time I was spending on that, which turned out to be a disturbingly large number. And then I looked around for the timesheet systems, which costs like, I don't know, $30 a month. And I was spending something like four times that amount of billable time on doing that crap when I could have just been using the system to do it for me and that that and it when it was just me with a you know having a couple of freelancers in occasionally, that in itself yeah. made it a justifiable thing to start doing. <laughs> I
1: that I think that was only you, mate. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't anyone, honest. Anyone else out there. <laughs> is it's doing, it's doing their invoicing and in InDesign? my god uh, no you'd be nice surprised look, were they nice looking
0: i i picked this up from somebody else actually i learned this trick from someone else right. so uh it wasn't only me <laughs> Right. they you. were very nice looking but then i i uh i had to swallow my pride over having complete control over the design to uh, using a template a system had determined that also has my logo in and realize my clients don't care if my yeah. what font is used in my invoices, <laughs> they don't know it's not <laughs> exactly. my brand font.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. The I'm, logo's still on I'm, there. No, I'm li- I, yeah, I'm, I'm losing money because of all the calligraphy I'm using on my-, <laughs> 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 oh, my statements of account.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I was I was spending way too much time doing it. I mean, it, obviously, it was a template in InDesign, but still, just putting getting the data out yeah. of Excel and sticking it in there, and then. Telling it up and doing it all by hand. Just Gosh. was way too much time. So if anyone's still doing that, stop. Just go find yourself a timesheet system and start doing it that way and make sure it's one that does invoicing at the same time. It will save you a whole world of hurt, trust me.
1: Yeah, you can't not be on that stuff, exactly. I mean I know I know free agent is like thirty pounds a month or something, which if you can't like you say, if you're not making enough to for that to save you what you pay for it, then you're 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 not making enough yeah right but yeah abs- absolutely no get yeah gets automate all that stuff get it get it taken away you know don't be like john <laughs> um, also, <laughs> also you know put your tax returns in through the online portal don't do what john does and kind of like paint them out fully fully bespoke illustrated uh <laughs> self-assessment <laughs> forms sent into the in that revenue and framed <laughs> by the in <Inland> that revenue <laughs>
0: nice cool well, i think that about wraps it up for this week so thanks for listening everybody uh if you have any comments questions or feedback uh you can find us on perspective.fm uh where you can uh submit all that through the websites we're also on twitter at underscore perspectivefm. we're on facebook and soundcloud and all the links are on our websites i've been john dark at dark john on twitter from every interaction at every interact and dan where can people find you
1: uh, I'm going to tell you that in a minute. I just need to interject something. Okay. On behalf of the Lighthouse designers and developers, the thing that they've built is a bit different and definitely probably better than Harvest.
0: Ooh, okay. I'm intrigued now. I'm going to pop around and, and inspect this.
1: Uh, I'm not saying like it's universally better than Harvest. I'm just saying it definitely wasn't a waste of time building it. <laughs> I.
0: It's Well, it wasn't in what you have, so that sounds like progress yeah. and uh, an interesting learning experience for everyone involved absolutely I as just, long as you tracked you in your time uh, sheets and
1: <laughs> it has yeah i made a note from that from earlier because i know if they if they did listen the moment you explained harvest would have would have caused them a lot of a lot of turmoil because when they saw harvest when we all saw harvest we said oh this does what we did and then he was like no we will never we will never speak of harvest no longer." well, no. No. well there, there's there's but all yes.
0: sorts of migration issues right and the pain of moving Absolute from one system God. to the next it's just not worth it after a while no no it
1: really absolutely. isn't absolutely it's not no it's 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 important for everyone that we that we acknowledge that
0: yeah um so where can people find you down
1: where can they find me um they can find me and our amazing time tracking system uh we are on the twitter we're at we are lighthouse i personally am at gentus maximus and yeah get get in touch there
0: fantastic and check out the uh the lighthouse podcast as well some great episodes recently
1: absolutely get get on that too
0: cool all right well thanks everybody and we'll see you in a fortnight
1: cheers